Welcome to Bucket of Chum, the Shark Movie Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Bucket of Chum, the Shark Movie Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Steve Coates. This week, I am talking about Spring Break Shark Attack from 2005, directed by Paul Shapiro. I know last week I said I was going to stay away from like these early 2000s, late 90s shark movies, and I kind of wish I had taken my own advice. This is not that bad of a movie, but again, I'm really uh, just aching for some like more batshit crazy stuff. Uh, this one, I don't know. It was okay. I didn't really enjoy it that much. There are some good things. Without further ado, let's just get into it. The movie immediately opens with four women on a dinghy in the middle of the water. They're older women, like probably in their like mid-30s, 40s. Like older as in you wouldn't expect them to have anything to do with spring break. Like unless they're cougars, which they could be, but I don't even think they established that. So anyways... One of them is floating in the water, asks for another martini. They have like a whole little picnic basket thing going on and just booze. We see underwater some sharks looking around right before she's pulled underwater. Then the dinghy is launched into the air, throwing the rest of the women in the water. We see them like panicking in the water and then we just see the boat floating upside down and we get our title card. Pretty, I don't know, like boring and I know it's an attack, like, right off the bat, but, like, it, it wasn't that exciting. We didn't really see that much, and it's with characters that really have nothing to do with this movie. Like, even, like, as older women, like, it's spring break. Like, that's not, you know, that's not what this is about, so I, it was very confusing. I just don't know why they opened it up like this. And then we cut to our main girl, Danielle. She's on the phone with her friend Karen and Alicia. Karen and Alicia are trying to convince Danielle to come join them for a spring break. Part of what they're doing is seeing if Alicia's boyfriend is cheating on her, but they also just want to see all the gorgeous buff dudes that are down there. I mean, yeah, it's spring break. There's going to be a bunch of buff dudes and bikini babes in this movie. There's definitely no shortage of that. Karen continues to try and convince her. We learn uh, Karen's dad, or sorry, we learn uh, Danielle's dad is like super overprotective. So like she wants to go, but she she knows her dad won't let her. She says she'll try, but like to not hold their breath. And her friends just aren't expecting her to come. They're like, yeah, there's no fucking way she's coming. Now we're at the dinner table with Danielle and her parents. She mentioned uh, she was talking to her friends and her dad is like immediately against it. And we learn that she goes to school, like, right near her parents. She lives with her parents. So, like, she's just trying to get away from, like, this overbearing household. And at every mention of going to spring break, her dad is against it, making, like, any excuse he can for her to not go. We also learn her brother is staying in Florida. He's going to school there or something. Danielle says she can take care of herself. And then her dad talks about some girl and, like, uh, it's something Danielle brings up and her name is Lori. I'm not sure who or what they're talking about, but, like, it sounds like someone the dad knew died, but, like, I don't know. They don't tell us. It's very weird. The next morning, Danielle is leaving the house. Her parents think that she's going to Habitat for Humanity, because that's what they said at the dinner table. Like, no, you're going to Habitat for Humanity instead of Spring Break, blah, blah, blah. But after her parents close the door, she smiles. Like, yeah, we know what's going on here. And then, bam, now we're in Florida. We're at the beach. We're looking at buff dudes and bikini babes. You know, a little something for everyone. And then we're with Danielle. She enters Karen's aunt's place, which is like this beach house that they're staying at. The girls come up behind her, and they're happy to see her. 
She tells them she snuck there and her dad would kill her if he knew that she was there. Karen and Alicia look like they just came from the beach. They're all like bikini clad. It's spring break. Again, we're going to see a lot of this. And then we just get this montage of the three girls getting all dolled up for the beach, trying on hats and being all silly like, wee! Uh, just, it's, there's little moments like this where it's really stupid and kind of makes this feel like it's a fucking Lifetime movie. And there's a, quite a few moments like this. It was just, uh, I hated it. Now we're on the beach. As they walk along, there's girls like Jello wrestling and just other like spring uh, break beach antics going on. Karen says to Danielle, no matter what kind of guy she's into, she'll find him there. Yeah, because spring break is known to bring out, like, the best and brightest of young men, right? So, yeah, I'm sure she's going to find what she needs. Ugh, fuck off, Karen. Karen is trying to convince Danielle to, like, lose her virginity there. Danielle breaks off from the group so she can go find her brother. And now we're with two douchebags on the beach. One guy has a camera, and he's filming the other guy, and... He's asking girls if they want to be on Girls Unleashed. It's basically Girls Gone Wild. So they go to the beaches. They get girls to lift their tops off. They shoot, like, amateur porn. It Just being douchey, gross, slimy guys. So, like, we already know that these two are assholes. They objectify and try to convince these girls to pose for the camera, just doing generally creepy shit. Um, but I guess it's not super creepy because they're buff dudes, so some people just seem to be okay with this. Like, I fucking guarantee you if I tried to do this shit on the beach, I'd be put into lockup, like, immediately. <laughs> we then cut to Mary's Ocean Charter. Inside, Mary's approached by a, na- by a man named Mr. Gately. They talk about the money Spring Break brings in. Mary says they usually just pass her place by and go uh, to East Point. And we learn that that's where this dude is from. And she says uh, she's heard his clubs or whatever he owns there isn't doing well. And then she mentions seeing him at a few town hall meetings. And he was opposed to, like, them building a new reef, which attracts all the tourists there. And he says, you know, business is just business. So he's a businessman interacting with someone who seems wholesome. So, yeah, he's going to be our bad guy here because, of fucking course, it's the businessman. He hands her a bunch of cash to rent a boat and then leaves. Her son Shane walks into the place and she's excited about the business they've been getting. They're all booked up so things seem to be going well. They have a conversation about him not filling out college applications because they can't afford it. And Mary says that just because he's not going to college doesn't mean he can't enjoy spring break and he should go out there and meet a girl. And he kind of just like brushes her off and says I'm going to go work on the radio on some fucking boat. Now we're on a boat with Charlie who's Danielle's brother. And he's there with his professor or something. The professor does not want to do any work. Like, he's fucking there just suntanning, drinking out of the cooler. Charlie's, like, running around the boat because he wants to, like, do experiments and his research. He talks about tracking a large tiger shark in the area. And there must be something going on to attract the sharks there. The professor says it's probably something to do with the reef. And Charlie says you can't just pop something man-made down there and not have repercussions on the ecosystem. And all the while this is happening, a shark is, like, circling the fucking boat, but neither of them see it. Even when it comes inches from, like, Charlie's foot and its fin is out of the water, they still don't see it. Worst researchers ever. Now we're on the docks, and we see Shane sitting on a boat, fixing something as Danielle walks by. She asks uh, about her brother, and Shane tells her they took the boat out a few hours ago. And then she starts asking him where he goes to school, just kind of like making small talk. And like, oh, there's some sexual tension here, for sure. Danielle asks about some big party, but Shane says he's never been. It's not really his scene. And she starts to walk away. And then he chimes up and says, hey, I'll tell Charlie uh, you were looking for him. 
And then, like, they introduce each other, and, oh, it's just so fucking sweet. Uh Uh-huh. At the beach, the three girls are sitting in beach chairs. They spot the two uh, girls unleashed douches. The guy with the camera is Max, so he's Alicia's boyfriend, and the host of this, if you will, is named JT. Alicia goes up to Max and surprises him, asks, like, what the camera's for, and he says, oh, you know, just being a tourist. And then JT just starts eye-fucking Danielle and Karen, and then they all introduce themselves. JT goes up to Danielle and asks if they've met before, and then starts flirting with her. Max says JT knows all the hookups, all the best places to party, and he's going to get them VIP passes to some fucking party. Ooh, wow, whoop-de-doo. You're you're still both douchebags, and I hate you so much. Alicia asks Max if he's happy that she's there. He says, yeah, he is, but, like, he's obviously not because he's fucking human garbage. JT and the girls are getting into the water. Max stays behind because he doesn't want to get his camera wet. He pulls JT aside and says he's screwed. Like, how is he supposed to have fun when his girlfriend's there on spring break? Ugh, like, just die already, you piece of shit. JT says to relax, and then he starts referring to Danielle as his Everest. Like, oh my god, this dude is just so sleazy and gross. Cut to nighttime, and we're at a club. JT and Danielle are on the dance floor, and JT tries to convince her to let her hair down and have fun. She spots Shane coming in, and so she goes over to the to a part of the bar while JT goes and grabs some beers. So Shane and Danielle kind of flirt. She asks him to dance, so they hit up the dance floor. JT runs into someone he recognizes, a woman. He says, hey, Nicole, haven't seen you since last year. She is not happy to see him. Like, she doesn't say anything to him and just leaves with her friend. So, like, if you were unsure if this guy was a sleazy douche, then, like, this interaction should be a dead fucking giveaway. Like, this guy is an asshole. Nobody wants to be around him. (laughs) We see Max talking to some girl, then asking if she wants to hook up later and they exchange numbers or something. Shane and Danielle awkwardly dance, and then the music goes to, like, a slow dance song, and then they awkwardly slow dance. But, like, they seem super into each other. They have this, like, romantic-ass dance. JT comes up to them. He hands her a beer. She introduces Shane and JT. Shane looks like he can already tell, like, JT's a slime ball. Like, he's already onto his fucking game. Karen and Alicia come up, and Karen asks if she's seen all the, like, hot guys from Dartmouth that are there. But Alicia's like, oh, I'm more concerned. Like, I'm looking for Max. Where is he? And then JT says, oh, you know what? I'll go find him. So the girls pull Danielle away, and then Shane leaves. Outside in the water, Max and the girl he was talking to are playing around with a surfboard. She asks what his name is, and he responds with, Mr. Crabclaws. <sighs> what? Oh my god, like, this guy is just such an idiot, I hate him. And she starts swimming away, like, she's just not having any of it, and she's like, oh, your girlfriend's gonna be so mad. Max says, like, whatever happens at spring break stays at spring break, and she's like, uh, that's Vegas, idiot. Danielle walks into a bookstore. Shane is there. He mentioned earlier his favorite bookstore was, like, right next door to this club. He asks uh, if she's stalking him, and she jokingly says, oh, maybe. Shane talks about wanting to go to college to become an engineer to make boats better and faster. Danielle says she's undeclared, but her dad works at a law firm, so eventually he wants her to work there, too. Like, because he's such a controlling asshole, he just wants to control every aspect of her life. They put some books away, and then they come, like, really close to each other, and they're just building up that sexual tension, and then they part ways. Back in the water with Max and his hookup, she says she felt something brush against her leg. Max just, like, starts egging her on, like, oh, is there something scary in the water? (laughs) 
And then she's pulled underwater. He thinks she's joking, but, like, I'm not sure how he thought she pulled that off. Like, how did she pull herself underwater so fast and on her own? Like, I I mean, I guess he's been drinking, but I think it's just mostly because he's fucking stupid. Something knocks him off his surfboard. He's pulled under. We see some water shoot up and blood start to fill the water. And then a shark fin starts to circle. And he's dead. And when we see the shark fins, like, they tend to be practical so far. So that is one thing I appreciated about this movie is that there's intermixed stock footage, but like they use it very sparingly and they do tend to use the practical shark when they can. So that that's a positive that I will give this movie. Danielle goes to Mary's charter charter and she tells Mary she's looking for Shane. She tells him Shane is out on the boat. So she leaves. Mary asked if she could leave a message. She says no. She then meets up with her brother at his apartment. He says no one told him that she was coming there, so she explains that, like, while I snuck out, I didn't fucking tell Dad I was coming because, like, obviously he wouldn't let me go. And so she's like, don't tell anyone. He's like, yeah, sure, I don't care. So she she points to some device he's working on. He calls it a pod, a protective oceanic device. And it's one of those devices that repels sharks. I spoke too soon last week when I said we haven't seen this device a bunch of times, and now I'm starting to see it more often. It's popping up everywhere. Danielle tries to convince Charlie to come out with her and her friends, but he says he's got too much work to do. She asks uh, why he likes it there, and he responds, well, it's better than being home, which he then apologizes for because, like, she's fucking stuck there all the time, so, like, she knows that anywhere is better than being home, right? Charlie says he does want to spend time with her while she's there, but it's just that he's really busy right now. She says that's fine, they can meet up at the beach or something. He says, oh, you're not going in the water. And she's like, oh yeah, I was planning on it. And he's like, no, that wasn't a question. I'm telling you, you're not going in the water. He talks about the new reef and that there's tiger sharks that may be a problem. And then she says, like, you're just like dad. And he says, no, I am nothing like dad. She apologizes because it was just too harsh. She also says if he ever got a girlfriend, he'd never screw around on her. So I guess this harkens back to the conversation about Lori at the dinner table earlier. So I guess the dad cheated on spring break, which is why he's so protective. I may be just coming to conclusions, but the movie isn't really explaining it to me. So this is what I'm going with. Now we're back at the beach. Danielle and Karen are sitting on beach chairs. Danielle notices a girl freaking out in the water, but it's just a false alarm. It's just JT in the water fucking around with people. Karen thinks it's because Danielle saw JT with another girl in the water that that's why she's upset. She then asks like, oh, which guy is it going to be? Is it going to be Shane or... And then JT comes over and she's like, oh, hi, JT. And JT says, oh, there's the two sexiest people on this beach. He tells them what a great time they had and Danielle thanks him and he says, oh, thanks for wearing that dress. Karen looks up at him, clears her throat and he's like, oh yeah, and you look great too. Like, fucking insecure much? Like, you know your friend is into this guy, and you're fishing slash forcing compliments from him. You said yourself earlier, there's a ton of buff dudes there, so go fucking find one. Like, you're just being a garbage friend. I know JT is an asshole, but as far as we know at this point, like, they they don't know that yet. So, like, she's just being a shitty friend at this point. JT asks where Alicia is. They say she's gone looking for Max. JT says, um, Max knows some other people down there, so he probably just found another party to go to. He then invites them to another party, and Karen says that they should stop by her place first as, like, kind of a uh, pre-party. He looks at Danielle, and, and then she asks, oh, you remember where we live? He looks at Danielle and says, how could I forget? 
God, he sucks so much. I hate him. And then he goes back to swimming in the fucking water. At Mary's charter, Shane walks in and Mary asks if there is something he wants to tell her. She says there was a girl looking for him and they get all fucking giggly like they're fucking high school girls talking about a boy they like. And then Shane's like, I'm not just going to go look after the boats. And Mary is like, oh yeah, you go do that. And It's just so weird. It's just such a weird interaction. Mr. Gately then walks in and asks to get a boat. Mary says that they're all pretty booked up. He says, oh, I want to go out like early morning when the kids are still sleeping and they're all still hungover. And so she offers to drive him at one point, but he says that that would take the fun out of it. You know, he wants to go out fishing so he can just be all on his lonesome. He flashes some money in front of her and she accepts uh, letting him have the boat on his own. Like, such a bad idea. Like, this guy is clearly an asshole and he clearly seems to be like he's in competition with her just from these interactions. So, like, why would she trust him with a boat? I know she's desperate for money, but still, like, come on, man. At the beach house, uh, the girls are in the kitchen uh, making drinks and dinner or whatever. A random girl walks in the door, asks for Karen. Karen responds and invites them in. And then more and more people just start, like, entering. So, to me, basically, it seems like JT invited everyone over to her her house for a pre-party. But, like, they have a keg and everyone is, like, getting fucked up. So, like, this is just a regular party. Like, not much of a pre-party. So, as this party is, like, raging on... JT asks who all these people are. Danielle says Karen invited like two people. And then JT says, oh, never invite people over. Word travels and they all just show up. And I'm like, I still assume this was him. And like not Karen's two friends that did this. Like I'm I'm fucking sure that it was this guy. Danielle is dancing with JT and he has his video camera. And he's like trying to film her a bit. She's like, nah, get it out of my face. So he sets it down. Alicia sees this and she like just kind of like dances her way over to the camera and then walks away with it. JT and Danielle are still dancing. A random dude starts like grinding his ass into her while JT grinds her from behind. And she says she has to go out and get some air. Probably, you know, to get the smell of douchey, sweaty man balls out of her nose. She goes outside and JT looks at her like super weird and creepy. And then she kind of walks away and then he just kind of watches her. And now Alicia is in the bathroom. She's going through the camera footage and she just basically finds Max cheating on the tape, right? Like she knows that he's doing this girls unleashed or whatever the hell it is. So obviously she's going to be done with him, but she doesn't know he's fucking dead at this point. Now we're at like some diner or something. Uh, Danielle goes in. Shane's working there to pick up some extra shifts for money. She says, oh, it's so good to see you. And he asks what she's doing there. And she says Karen was having a house party, but, like, it's not really her whole scene. But it's fun to study from, like, an anthropological standpoint. And Shane's like, ha, more like zoological. Ha <laughs> ha so funny. She invites him over to study this further. And he asks, isn't she with JT? And says, no, not really. And then JT approaches. He says to Shane, you're everywhere, man. And then he invites Danielle back to the party for some drinks. But she says there's no sodas there. Like, wait. So all these people at the party, all these people drinking, and no one had soda for a mixed drink? So, like, is everybody seriously just drinking, like, straight from the fucking bottles or just beer? Like, come on. What kind of a fucking party is that? JT buys a couple sodas for her from the diner. He eyes Shane and walks away with the sodas. As Danielle and Shane talk, JT slips a roofie into her fucking drink and they head back to the house. So back at the house, Danielle is out of it as JT tries to dance with her. 
She says she doesn't feel well, and her vision, like, starts going all blurry, and he says, like, maybe they should go somewhere. And he walks away for a second, and then, so she goes outside and wanders to a bonfire on the beach. Shane comes up behind her, and she just starts, like, mumbling and slurring her words, and then she starts kissing Shane, and he says, whoa, you're you're not okay, like, we can't do this, we need to get you back to the house, because, like, she can barely walk. So Shane, like, picks her up. Karen and Alicia help bring her upstairs. JT just looks on in disappointment, like, oh, you poor baby. As Shane lays her on the bed, she says she has feelings for him and that she doesn't know what she's doing, like, she's just totally out of it right now. Karen comes in, wipes her forehead down, and they leave her to sleep. She's lying in bed. It's a little bit later on. She's kind of tossing and turning. She wakes up for a second and calls for Shane, but there's nobody there. We can still hear the party, like, raging downstairs. She picks up her cell phone and calls her dad. She basically tells him everything. That she's in Florida, she went to see Charlie, like, all of that. And then she starts asking, like, oh, what, what's wrong with me? And uh, And then she passes out and her phone hangs up. Back at her dad's house, he's saying to the mom, I'm going down there and I'm going to get her right now. Downstairs at the party, Karen and some girl are talking. And Karen's like, oh, Danielle had too much to drink. And the other girl's like, well, I hope she isn't driving. And then just goes back to dancing, like... Oh, wow, what way to show fucking concern for this person, like, you piece of shit, Jesus. And in the background, the fucking slimeball JT is sneakily going up the stairs. Then we cut to two girls on the dock. One girl is the exposition. She says, like, oh, so he left you for her, and then the other girl's like, "Uh uh-huh, and they just do this back and forth. It's like they couldn't afford to have this other girl say any lines, so they just had the one girl, like, actually say everything. And the other one just goes, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, for a conversation for characters that we don't even know or care about. And, of course, the girl going, like, uh-huh, like, her foot's dangling in the water the whole time. Cut to back at the house. JT goes into Danielle's room, which I should mention, okay, it's upstairs at this party, but, like, there's no doors. Like, the stairs just go up to this loft. So his plan is to rape her in this wide open space while this party rages on downstairs. So not only is JT a slimeball rapist, he's also fucking stupid. Like, how has he gotten away with this douchey and sleazy, like, attitude for so long? Like, it's just fucking beyond me. The drunk girls at the dock continue to have their one-way conversation. The talking girl leaves and the mute girl stays there. A shark comes up, grabs her foot pulls her into the water. The shark is actually practical here. We only, they only show it briefly, but like we actually see like the mouth and like the teeth, like grab her leg. And then we just kind of see her being pulled in. But again, it's little moments like this that made this movie a little bit more bearable to watch between all the fucking like CW lifetime drama bullshit. Now in Danielle's room, JT is making his move. But before he can get too far, Shane walks in, bringing Danielle a glass of water. JT says he was just seeing how she was doing, and says he'll go get her some aspirin, and then he leaves. Now it's morning, and we're on the dock as Mr. Gately pulls up in a boat from Mary's charter. He quickly docks, and then he starts hosing blood and fish guts off the boat, looking around to make sure nobody sees him. So, yeah, like, this guy's obviously up to no good. Just as I fucking predicted. Back at the beach house, Danielle comes downstairs and Karen asks how her hangover is. Danielle says she doesn't have one. And then Karen asks, like, well, how much did you have to drink? Like, you were totally out of it. And then Danielle says, like, she doesn't remember drinking anything. And it's like, oh, hey, friends, like, this is what we call a red flag. Your friend who doesn't drink passed out yesterday and doesn't remember anything. We should be asking more questions, showing more concern. 
But luckily, these characters do smart things and actually start asking some of these questions. Like, I was super impressed by this. Like, it's something so small, but I gotta say, like, they do finally ask, like, if someone could have roofied her drink. And at that point, she's like, oh, shit, I remember calling my dad. Yeah, that sucks. (laughs) At Mary's Charter, JT comes in as Shane is working on an engine. He says he wanted to come by and say thank you for helping Danielle last night. And then he asks to rent one of the boats. Shane says that they're all booked up. Mary walks in and asks what's going on. JT says, I'm just here to rent a boat, but I guess you guys are all booked up. And then Mary says, well, a frat uh, house just fucking canceled their trip, so a boat is available now. And basically, Shane is going to end up taking them out. Taking them out on the boat, not killing them. (laughs) The girls and JT go to the boat. Danielle and Shane awkwardly greet each other. Danielle apologizes for her behavior. And then, like, out of fucking nowhere, Danielle's dad comes up behind her, grabs her arm, and says, you're coming home with me right now. She tells him to stop trying to control her. They argue, and, like, Danielle finally stands her ground. She gets on the boat, and they leave. And as they are, Karen waves to her and says, hi, and then as they're fucking going. On the boat, Alicia and Karen are suntanning on the bow, and they're talking about the camera footage on Max's camera. So, she saw the footage, but wouldn't JT be on that footage as well? So, they know Max was doing this Girls Gone Wild shit, and JT had to have been on that footage somewhere. Danielle was clearly roofied the night before, but we're not asking any more questions. Like, Danielle's dad may have been right about her not coming down here. Not because she's an idiot, but because she hangs out with some really dumb fucking people. (laughs) JT is telling Danielle not to worry about her father, and that he paid for this boat, so he insists that everybody have a good time. So he takes his shirt off, he dives into the water... He asks Danielle if if she's coming in or anybody else coming in. They're all like, oh, no, no, no. He swims back to the boat and he asks Danielle for a hand to get back in. But, of course, he pulls her into the water. And then everybody else jumps into the water except for Shane. He just watches from the boat, all sad-like. And as he's watching them, he sees blood coming from under the boat. He asks for everyone to come back to the boat, like... And they all say, oh, the water is nice. And he says, like, there's blood in the water! You need to get in the boat now! <laughs> JT and the other girls make it on board. Danielle is still in the water. For some reason, she was way further out than anybody else. Like, she was pretty far out for someone who didn't want to go swimming. And she's coming back. Two sharks appear behind her. As she's swimming, Shane tells her to stop. He throws a life preserver. She grabs onto it. He tells her to stop kicking, stop swimming, like, just stay still. And then JT is yelling. He's like, don't listen to him! Just swim! (laughs) the sharks swim around her and nudge her she freaks out but shane assures her they're just checking her out and they start swimming her and just start swimming away and like this is actually like probably one of the most accurate scenes i have seen at least in a while in a shark movie because it's kind of true like sharks don't actually like eating people like they're kind of just more curious creatures than anything so her like just standing still not kicking is actually a good idea I was just really impressed that it happened in this movie of all fucking things, but yeah. So as they swim away, Shane tells her to swim back, but like he yells it. So like they went from being like calm and controlled to like instant fucking panic mode. Like why not just wait a few seconds for the sharks to get further out or like throw her a damn rope and pull her in? Like what are you doing, man? She gets safely back on the boat. The boat rocks as it's hit from underneath and starts to flood. Shane tells everyone to start bailing the boat out. JT starts, like, yelling into the radio, like, mayday, mayday. Everybody's freaking out. 
they do a lot of focusing on like the girls cleavage and butts as they bail this boat out because it's spring break and that's what we need to see right shane starts doing some macgyver shit while danielle helps him and they start the boat up all the while there's a shark or sharks like constantly hitting the boat but the boat finally starts up there's four or five shark fins following them shane says like they're not uh, fixed up well enough to get back to the dock but they can make it to an island where they can be safe now we're on a boat with charlie and he's pulling up sea turtle carcasses he's got like five on the boat and he says they were all killed in a similar way a large bite from an aquatic creature and it's like okay we clearly saw him say earlier that tiger sharks eat these turtles so like why is he being cryptic now like just say it was fucking sharks which he eventually does but it's like why are you beating around the bush like like the audience knows this you should know this just say it (laughs) on land charlie is talking with his professor and saying they need a large team of people on this now and the professor says in his 25 years of academia he suggests waiting until he has more evidence because if he's wrong he'll just end up ruining his career and then the professor says like remember the boy who cried wolf don't be the boy who cried shark wow thanks for that professor that's really fucking helpful And now we're back with our sexy group of protagonists, and they're unloading the boat. Karen is upset her fake ID is ruined. JT is excited his coolers of beer are still good. As Danielle is handing stuff to JT, he walks away. She sees a pack of pills on the boat. And then we cut to nighttime. They're having a bonfire. So I guess their plan is they're going to stay on this island until they fix the boat in the morning. Sure. Danielle is sitting by herself. JT comes over and she says she wants to talk to him about last night. She says she doesn't remember much and he says, yeah, you were pretty drunk. But then she's like, well, I didn't drink anything. So it's weird that I don't remember anything. And he's like, oh yeah, that is weird. Because you were like slurring your words. And like, I thought that's why Shane put you to bed. Then JT says like, uh, she must have had something other than that soda that Shane gave to her at the diner. So, like, he keeps saying, like, sh- like oh, it's Shane, it's Shane, it's Shane. Like, it's not Shane, but, like, he's pushing it so hard. Like, he just makes himself look so much more guiltier. It's great, because he is fucking guilty. Fuck this guy. She walks away, and she goes over to Shane and says, we kissed last night. He says, oh, you remember that? And she asks, like, oh, shouldn't I have? And he's like, oh, no, it's just you were drunk, and blah, 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 blah. Like, they just get all flirty, flirty here. And then she talks about, like, going down there being a mistake. Maybe her dad was right. And then Shane says to her, your dad's not going to take you seriously until you take yourself seriously or something to that effect. And then she shows him the roof. He's like, oh, look, I family's on the boat. And she's like, I don't think it was you. Like, what a weird way to turn that conversation. But okay. Shane then goes up to JT and just punches him in his dumb fucking face. He shows JT the pills that Danielle found. And JT is like, oh, yeah, well, they were on your boat. So last night was you, not me. He tries to accuse Shane of trying something on her while she was passed out and that he must have slipped something into the soda. But Shane was like, I handed you the sodas, not to Danielle. So now everyone finally fucking realizes what a piece of shit JT is. Shane walks away. Danielle follows and just comforts him. The next morning, Shane has finished fixing the boat. Uh, Danielle's talking to him. She asks about the water coming onto the boat, and then Shane explains it took care of itself because someone had left the live bait well open. She asks, oh, what is that? He's like, well, it's basically for chumming the waters. They just, they keep live bait in there uh, to chum for water. But him and Mary don't actually use it. So, and she's like, well, somebody was using it. We go over to Alicia. She is on the beach, and she sees something. 
She walks over and it's Max's body. Everyone comes over and sees and he's like half buried in the sand. Actually looked like a half decent corpse too. Like he had like a bite taken out of him. Again, it was half decent. So again, I kind of appreciated the little things like that. At Mary's charter, Danielle's dad is asking Mary where her son and daughter is. He leaves her a business card and asks her to call when they get in. Our protagonist and JT dock the boat at the marina. Danielle says she's going to go find her brother. The other two girls are going to go tell the police about the body. Shane goes to Mary and tells her about the body and the chumming and the bait well. We go to the police station. JT just gets impatient and leaves. Uh, Karen and Alicia are there. Karen tells Alicia to just go back home, get some rest. So Karen reports the body. I mean, if I were the cops, I would be asking like who the other two were that left. Like they're going to want to question all of them about finding the dead body of someone they know. Like I get that our protagonists know it was a shark attack, but the police don't know that yet. So, like, they're gonna have some fucking questions. Danielle goes to Charlie's place and tells him, like, he was right about the sharks. And, like, he says, okay, I'm gonna go check it out. You get a message to the harbor police. Mary is on the beach and she is on a fucking mission. She finds Mr. Gately and she gives him shit for, like, chumming the waters, using her boat to do it. And she's like, I probably should have asked more questions, but I didn't because I needed the money. Yes, I understand that. That sucks. But yes, you should have asked more questions because now this is a fucking shit show. So like she's not directly responsible, but she's like kind of indirectly responsible for this, I guess. Mr. Gately just like tries to deny it and just like brush it off. Mary gives some exposition. So basically he's chumming the waters to get a few fins seen in to like scare the tourists into going to where he owns uh clubs and whatnot so like we've seen this before in other movies this is nothing new at a floating bar out on the water jt down some beers and there's a song playing that sounds like a fucking lincoln park knockoff it's all i could think about what this scene was happening because i'm just like it just sounds like a lincoln park knockoff it was it was just so bizarre maybe it was an actual band like this was one of their songs but it, it just it sounded like they hired someone to like Hey, Linkin Park's popular right now. Could we get them? No, but we got this other band. And they're like, yeah, fuck it. Close enough. There's people partying in the water. And on the floating raft bar, JT is already on to his next victim. Danielle and Shane are at the police station trying to warn them about the sharks. The officer says there's already an investigation into the body they found. But they try to reiterate, like, someone's been chumming the waters and they need to get people off the beach. This fucking police officer says, oh, there's thousands of people out there and that would just cause utter chaos. Like, oh, saving people would cause too much hassle? Ah, that's fine, let's just see what happens. Outside the window, Shane and Danielle see people looking out at the water and pointing. Danielle and Charlie go out and through binoculars, we see an entire school of sharks approaching the beach and this like floating dock bar. Shane says they should chum the water like further out to lure the sharks away from the beach. So them and uh, Charlie start loading a lobster trap with chum on uh, Charlie's boat. And like Danielle's like, is this going to work? And Shane's like, it's a long shot. <laughs> like, I, at least he's honest, I guess. At least they're trying something. Fucking cops aren't doing anything. JT is hitting on some girl. She's hanging off the side of the bar raft and he's just laying on his stomach talking to her. And he's just trying to bed her, basically. He goes in to kiss her and right before he does, a shark pulls her under. JT yells for someone to help her, like he's totally unwilling to do it himself, of course. Everyone starts screaming, and JT yells, SHARK! Like, thanks, man. Like, yeah, I couldn't see the ten fucking sharks that have been starting, like, attacking everyone at this point. Like, we already know, but thanks for the fucking heads up. 
So in the water, we just see shark fins everywhere. And for the most part, they looked like practical fins. Like they had quite a few of them, which was nice. And occasionally when someone is pulled under, like a big splash of bloody water comes up. Looks pretty cool. Um, even if it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but you know, at least something's finally fucking happening now. Danielle, Charlie, and Shane head out. At the bar, the the raft is just in utter chaos. There's bloody water everywhere. People are struggling to get on the raft, and people are being eaten. Further out on the water, there's a guy windsurfing, and he surfs right into a shark's mouth, and it bites him. And again, it's a practical mouth. It's probably the same one we saw at the dock with the mute drunk girl, but, you know, again, it was pretty cool. Mary and Mr. Gately see this chaos from the beach. On the raft, JT is pulled off by some girl who's trying to get on. He swims back to the ladder to get back on the raft. Right before he reaches out, a shark comes up, grabs his arm, and swims away. Finally, he's fucking dead. Fuck you, you... Oh, I hated JT so much. When this shark came and got him, I was a happy, happy camper. (laughs) The boat crew watches all this happen from the boat. Danielle's like, oh man, I can't believe all this is happening. And, like, the three of them just dilly-dally until they finally decide to get on with their fucking plan. So, they start chumming the water and driving further out to sea to lure the sharks away. The fins start following the boat as they drive out. On the beach, we see the shark attack victims being carried away and stitched up. Mr. Gately watches and says, Oh, this is all wrong. This wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah, you chum the waters for, like, a week and a bunch of sharks showed up like what in the fuck were you expecting to happen like a few fins would scare people off and nothing would go wrong like is he jt's dad because he's just as fucking stupid good god back out on the boat they're getting ready to detach their homemade chumming cage and it's pulled underwater and i i guess a shark just starts swimming away with it shane yells at them to undo the cable as he tries to drive the boat away This contraption is pulled off the boat, but it also pulls both the fucking engines off. Like, good job, guys. Like, Shane says he wants to be an engineer or something to make boats better and faster, but, like, he couldn't come up with something that, like, didn't rip the engines off the boat as well. Like, yeah, he needs college more than we thought, or maybe he isn't smart enough to go. Like, I'm not really sure which. The three of them on the boat are, like, just dumbfounded. And then Danielle asks Charlie, like, what they should do. And he just says, I don't know. I haven't read this chapter yet. <laughs> the sharks start attacking the boat. As they do, Shane is pierced with a spear right through the shoulder. The effect looks decent, too. Danielle starts yelling at Charlie to use the pods he's been working on. She rips the spear out of Shane's shoulder, so he's bleeding. Charlie starts putting the pods in the water, and the sharks continue to attack. They get all the pods in, and then Charlie says one of them isn't working, because of fucking course it isn't. Danielle says, like, what about the other ones? And then Charlie explains his stupid fucking design. So he designed these things to work like fucking Christmas lights. So if one goes out, they all do. Why are we still designing things like this? Like, why would Charlie think this was a good idea? Like, even before being in this dire situation, like, this is a stupid design. And then, of course, the only way to fix it is for somebody to go in the water and get it done. Charlie needs to stay with the computer because he's the only one that knows how this system works. Shane's bleeding, so he can't go in the water. So that leaves Danielle to go in. So Shane eases Danielle into the water. He's lowering her down with a hoist. And then she gets to work on the pod and there's like just a shit ton of sharks swimming in the background. A shark begins to swim up to her like super fast, getting ready to bite her. 
just as it does, she fixes the pod just in the nick of time, and they pull her out of the water. The sharks begin to swim back out to sea. They've saved the day! Yay! And then a police boat approaches. Like, yeah, good timing, assholes. Like, immediately after they just fixed this. Oh, my God. Back on the beach, Mary says to Mr. Gately, well, you should be happy. They're closing the beach and getting rid of the reef. Why are they getting rid of the reef? Shane and Danielle have proof that Mr. Gately was chumming the water. Like, the reef has nothing to do with the sharks, except for being the reason that Mr. Gately did this. But, so, like, essentially he wins. <laughs> Great. He tells Mary that he was going bankrupt, blah, blah, blah. And I think he's taken away by police, so he does actually get in shit for this, which was good. But, I mean, he still essentially won, so I don't know. Mary walks down the beach. The police boat with Shane, Danielle, and Charlie shows up. Danielle's dad is there, Alicia's there, uh, Karen is there. They all kind of hug each other and blah, blah, blah. Danielle thanks her dad for coming down there today. And he says, oh, she didn't need him there after all. She's like, maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but I'm just glad to have you. And then he says he's so proud of both of them. Oh, what a nice family moment. I didn't really care about it because I just, I didn't give a shit about this family dynamic, but... Uh, the dad just still seems like kind of an asshole, you know, but, and this whole thing with this Lori girl, like, what the fuck was that about? Like, I still don't have any answers for that, but anyways, they've all made up, they're all happy, fucking good for them. Danielle walks over to Shane to see how he is, they kiss, I mean, they talk for a bit, but it's all like, oh, how you doing? Oh, I'm good, oh, you want to go to Cancun next year? (laughs) Yeah, it's stupid, who cares? They walk away, and then we roll credits. And that is Spring Break Shark Attack. So, I mean, some of the pros for this movie are definitely uh, the use of practical effects. I think the only time we really saw CGI was when they were looking through the binoculars and we see like 30 shark fins coming. But other than that, I think it was mostly practical uh, with a little bit of stock footage. So I definitely appreciate that. Um, It was shot pretty decently, like for 2005, like it... It looked like it may have had some sort of budget to it. Um, I mean, overall, the kills are pretty basic. Like, there's nothing really gruesome. There's nothing really exciting. Um, but I think probably my favorite kill was is the windsurfer. Like, it was that was just kind of cool. Just seeing the windsurfer, like, swim, like, kind of right into the shark's mouth. That was cool. The cons, I mean, I definitely wanted to see some more gore and violence, as I always do. I mean... It's just a pretty basic movie. So, I mean, again, like, I'm hoping next week I can get into some, like, crazier shit. Because this is just... There was just too much drama in this, too. Like, this whole family dynamic, it was just... I just really didn't care for it. And, I mean, there's always characters making dumb decisions. So, I that's another complaint. But, I mean, that's going to be the same one for every movie. So... I didn't regret watching it. I mean, it's springtime now, so I wanted to watch something springy and sunny. So, yeah, some of the scenery was nice too. So, there's that. So, that was Spring Break Shark Attack from 2005. Tune in next week when I'll have a brand new episode for you guys. Don't forget to check me out on all of my social medias at Bucket of Chum Podcast for Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Slasher. Don't forget to check out bucketofchumpodcast.com. There's a new donation button up there, so if you feel free and you can, donate to the show. Help me out a bit. And I will see you guys next week for a brand new episode of Bucket of Chum, the Shark Movie Podcast.
Thanks for listening to Bucket of Chum, the shark movie podcast. <laughs>